Hello and welcome back to White Hot Glory. That clip you just heard was Evan and Eris, E-R-I-S. They are a really great hip-hop Christian duo that I just love. They're actually like R&B. It depends on the song, but um, you should she should check them out if you guys get the chance to. Anyway, um, welcome back to another episode of White Hot Glory, the podcast where you can come to learn how to be white hot for God's glory in these cold, dark end days. Today we'll be talking about comparison and um, why it is so important to not compare yourself with other people, whether it's on social media or it really doesn't matter because comparison is judgment. Yes. Let me say that again. Comparison is judgment. It is judgment of yourself against others. It's also judgment of others against yourself. The only thing that we should be comparing ourselves to is Jesus Christ's life and the word of God. We'll get into it a little bit further. I've got a couple metaphors for you about um, the tuning of instruments and uh, obesity. So come back and join me. We'll be in Galatians chapter 2. And today will be a quick episode because I've got lots of stuff to do. But you guys are so important. And I, I do these for myself just as much as I do these for you because it's a constant reminder to me not to compare myself to others, not to judge. And this is this is a, a constant thing. We all need reminders because we get spiritual amnesia. As, as quickly as we forget how good God is, we quickly forget how crafty and evil the enemy is. So we always must be in our word and constantly reminded of the path that we are supposed to be on. So, join me in a few moments, and we will be back. Welcome back. Now, the danger of comparing your life with someone else's, especially when all you know of the other person's life is social media, is a split-second picture on Facebook only shows you exactly what that person wants you to see down to the caption. I used to ride the bus with this guy named Evan. Evan, if you're out there, God bless you. And every morning we'd ride the bus and it would take about two hours to get to where we needed to go in the Inland Empire. And we would always talk about things like social media. At that time, I was not on social media, and we would talk about how dangerous and misleading and deceiving social media is. And he said, one time, he took his girlfriend out for sushi, and they had ordered like $200 worth of sushi and drinks and appetizers. And while they were waiting for their meal to come, they were fighting, like bad fighting, like about to break up fighting. However, when the server came and and set everything on their table, his girlfriend stopped and said, come here, babe. 
and or I think she walked over to his side of the table and she cuddled up next to him and put the you know the selfie shot put her hand up and smiled next to him and got the picture of her food and them and just put on this happy face and then (laughs) went across the table put in the caption oh I love my babe so much we're having the most wonderful time look at all this stuff yum yum or something like that and then posted it and then put her phone down and then they went right back to fighting and um I just I mean that just says it all right there we don't know what's going on in somebody's life and we cannot cannot and should not compare our lives to other people's think about a a kid in I don't know a third world country a second world country who shares a one-bedroom apartment with five people eight people ten people scrolling on Instagram and comparing their life with almost anybody's in Southern California I mean that's just not that's not fair and I'm sure that could incite some dreams and and maybe spurn on that child to go out and try to make the most of himself or herself. And so there can be good that comes out of that. But more often than not, seeing things that other people have that you don't usually just springs forth jealousy or um, covetousness or greed, just things that never do anybody any good in the long run and things that are actually spoken against in the Bible. And that is where the comparison just, it it gets dangerous and misleading. And that is what the enemy wants. If our eyes are on each other, then our eyes are not on God. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If the enemy can get you to focus anywhere except God, he doesn't necessarily have to get you to sin big sins he's got you preoccupied and so therefore he's got you now when our lives are compared to Jesus Christ who was here without sin who loved who stood for righteousness who was self-sacrificial and humble that is is where we can see just how much of a sinner we really are. It is so dangerous. When I was when I was in my sin, when I was doing drugs, when I was committing crimes, when I was um just being ridiculous, period. I would always think to myself, well, at least I'm not a murderer or you know, at least I don't steal from old people or at least um I've never done this, or at least I've never done that, and oh, I would never do this or that. That's not a good comparison. Just because I haven't done as many sins or as um, dark, deep sins as other people doesn't make me any better than anybody else. And here's another example. Let's take two morbidly obese people that are so much so that they have no self-control and that they are slowly killing themselves with the way they are eating and not moving and not taking care of themselves. Let's say one 
of these people is 200 unhealthy pounds overweight and they have diabetes um, but it's not type 2 so they don't have to use insulin or anything like that it's just um, what they're supposed to be managing with their diet but they're not doing it and then let's take the other morbidly obese person who's 300 pounds 400 pounds overweight and they're both dying but the the lighter obese person looks at the heavier one and says well at least I'm not you know 400 pounds overweight and dying so they'll die a little bit faster than me so I'm good well they're still both dying they're still both unhealthy and as humans we are sinful we are dying we are unhealthy on our own which is why we must measure our lives by what the bible says we are sinful we are prone to death we are prone to going wayward we are prone to choosing the wrong thing which is why looking to the word of God will help steer us in that right direction. Are we going to be perfect? No, but at least we have the true north moral, ethical, holy compass to guide our words, our actions, our movements, our choices, our hearts, our our very souls. When I was on the worship team at the little Calvary Chapel that I used to attend um, a few years ago in the Inland Empire, we had uh, three guitar players, and two of them showed up, and they didn't have, for some reason their phones were dead, and they didn't have a tuner, so they just tuned their guitars by ear and played off of each other, and it sounded great until the pastor showed up and he had his guitar tuner and he tuned a true tune. Then once that true tuned instrument was played, you could hear how off the other two guitars were. And they weren't very far off, but they were just off enough. I believe they were flat. They were just off enough in their tuning to where it ruined the rest of the song when played next to the correct instrument. And that's such a testimony to our lives as Christians. And, you know, people are going to look at you and look at your life and probably compare themselves or just see that there's something different about you. Um, But that is just because you should be looking different than the rest of the world. And are you ever going to be perfect? No, I'm not perfect. I try so hard every day just to get up and do the right thing and not say the wrong thing and not have thoughts against my brothers and sisters in Christ and um, you know, say no to things that I shouldn't have anything to do with. And It's a conscious choice. And the only reason that I am able to live this way today is because I read my Bible every day. If I was not in my word, there's no way that I would still have three and a half years clean right now. The word of God is what has kept me straight and true. So Galatians 2, 17 says... 
if while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. Now that means when we look to the word of God, we can see how fall, how far short we fall. I mean, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned, which is why he was the chosen sacrifice to atone for all of the sins of mankind because Jesus had no sin and went and died a very painful, brutal death. He was a holy sacrifice without blemish, without spot, without sin. And God the Father accepted that sacrifice so that we would be saved. And it was it took me a long time to really, really come to that realization. It's, I mean, if you really think about, it's like being on death row and being innocent and just going because you know that it will be good in the long run. I mean, that's, that's so much love. Although in death row, you don't get tortured to death. Anyway, um, so, it, okay, let's see. Okay, verse 18. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. 19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. And this just means we know that we cannot keep every letter of the law. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the Jewish leaders of the day of of Christ and they took pride to the point of self-righteousness of being sticklers and keeping every single letter of the law and this was about not going into the Gentiles homes not eating certain foods washing their hands a certain way praying at a certain time eating at a certain time not being near certain women not speaking to them and just keeping an outer appearance of holiness. I'm willing to bet there are a lot of those guys in hell right now because it is not about keeping the law. It is about applying the law to your life in such a way that changes your heart towards others and asking Jesus by way of his Holy Spirit to help you understand these laws and keep them out of love for God. These Pharisees and Sadducees kept this law, but it was not because they loved God. It was because they loved their positions of power and to look so good and so holy to passerbys or to people who attended temple with them. And God knows our hearts. He knows our hearts. Just like he knows what really happens during the still shot on people's Facebooks. He knows what's really going on during that picture. And what really was your heart behind the caption on Facebook that you are writing. He knows what kind of music's going on in the background. And he knows, you know, if your your house is a disaster everywhere except for where you took that photo 
and things are almost never what they seem. I've also seen that it's usually the people that plaster how great their life is on Facebook all the time that it's really not and you know the attention and the time that you seek should be with the Lord and not men because people are always going to have their opinions negative positive and it's it's not what they think that matters it's what's in your heart and and your relationship with Jesus Christ that matters <clears throat> verse 20 galatians 2:20 i have been crucified with christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through law, Christ died for nothing. And this is why I believe that there will be Pharisees and Sadducees in hell. Because you can keep the law all day long and it's just like atheists who have read the whole bible they can know what the bible says but unless they are applying the grace and truth and mercy and love of christ in their life and uh, and therefore pouring out and loving on others and applying the truths of the bible in their daily walk like it says here, Christ died for nothing. If you do not have your faith and your salvation and your entire being, heart, mind, soul, strength rooted in Christ and his sacrifice and the knowledge of what he has done for you and apply that in a way that makes your life look vastly different than it was before coming to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you might not be going to heaven and that's nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to be thinking that nobody wants to be fearful of that but when Christ has come into your heart when Christ has completely transformed your life you know you know deep in your soul that he is your everything and that you love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength. And it should be evident because your whole entire life changes. The way you think, the way you speak, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, um, the words that you speak to others. It's, it, it, it permeates your life. It's like you have a, a glass of food coloring and all the different food colors are dropped into it and those are the worldly influences and then Jesus comes along and he's like those drops of bleach that just clear up the water the water doesn't look the same that's what Jesus does in your life if he is truly in your heart if he is truly Lord of your life I don't think that 
people who go to church on Sunday and then are in the clubs or sleeping around or doing things that they are they know are against the Bible. I don't think that those people are going to heaven and I don't like saying that, but that is what I believe and that's what I believe because that is what the Bible says. The Bible says you must be born again. Jesus says you must be born again. And if you're running around doing the same old stuff, you have not been born again. And that is why it is so important to really sit down and examine yourself and compare your life and the things that you do and think and say and the places that you go to what God says in his holy word in the Bible. If you are not tuned to the word of God, you're tuned to the world. And the world is headed for death and destruction and hell and condemnation and disease and ruin. And Satan wants people to think that hell is no big deal that all the cool people go to hell and that hell's just going to be one big party. But I challenge you guys to look up some writings on hell, some first-person accounts of people who have who have said that they have seen hell in a dream or um John Ramirez, Pastor John Ramirez who used to be a satanist says that he was in the middle of practicing his occultism and Satan worship and that he was kind of a big deal in, in that world. And then one day he said he found himself in hell and that it was hot and torturous. There was no hope. It was dark. He said it was the most hopeless dark he had ever felt. There, were, there was nobody to look to for help he just felt this despair and that Jesus came down and pulled him out of hell and said, I love you. And, and then John Ramirez gave his life over to Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to go look up what hell really is. Satan wants you to think it's no big deal. Just like the rest of the sin in this world, in, in movies, what is hell predict? Uh, depicted as it's depicted as a party and you see a whole bunch of people down there usually Hitler's always down there for <laughs> uh I, anyway but they nobody's burning nobody's tortured they can all hang out and talk to each other but real hell is no joke and it is a big deal because guess what it's forever we are all going to die do you know without a shadow of a doubt that when that day comes that you are going to heaven because if you don't know then you're going to hell please don't wait any longer Start comparing your life to what the Bible says. And it might sound weird at first. It might feel weird at first. 
but just like sin when when you do something wrong for the first time as a kid you know it's wrong and it feels weird and you just continue to do it until it gets comfortable well it's just like that when you get out of sin when you pull yourself out and you start to do things the right way it's hard at first but the longer you do it the more you realize that it is easier than continuing to sin and then the callousness of your heart goes and you start to get a clearer spiritual vision of how God wants you to live and then you're able to be a light for others. I mean, it is so cool for me now because when I give my testimony and I tell people about how I used to live in direct darkness, um, how I robbed a pharmacy when I was 22, when, um, when I worked as a stripper, I think I was 19. I, I talk about this now and people just look at me like they do not believe me because I'm so different today. And I tell them it's Jesus Christ. It's what he has done in my life and my heart. And I don't even feel like I feel like that life was so long ago and so far away, it's it's foreign to me now, and I'm so grateful for that. I don't have those same desires or thoughts that I used to, and it's only because I continually cleanse my life and my heart and my mind by always being in my Bible, in the Word of God that is where the work begins that is where the truth begins and that is where the transformation begins so i hope that helps you guys don't compare yourselves to anything but god and then you'll realize how much of a sinner you are (laughs) i am i am such a sinner but i do my best and god knows that and victory is possible over all the things that you think you cannot change god will help you So God bless you guys. Have a very blessed rest of your day. I love you. Jesus loves you. Go read your Bible. Tune your lives to the true spiritual tuning that you need, that you deserve, that God so freely gives us. There are no excuses. We have it here at our fingertips, and so we should be using it accordingly if you really believe in god then you want to know what he says right right (laughs) have a good day guys god bless you